I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Thursday. Kickoff of the NFL season is here, and we've got a big line move. Tampa Bay at home against Dallas. This line opened up at 6.5 Tampa Bay. It's all the way up to 9. 9. Dakota Prescott, he's back. Will he be 100%? Vegas thinks perhaps yes. He's over under passing yards, 296 in the game, if you extrapolate that out to the season, over 5,000 yards for Dak. And think of how good Tampa Bay's defense is. Thinking of the Super Bowl, though, Tampa Bay defending champs, they got to be the favorites, right? No, they're the second favorites. Kansas City, the favorite, 5-1. to one. Tampa Bay, 6-1. to one. Then no one else till the Bills at 11-1. to one. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. the Vegas Strip. Here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas. Live on 225 FSR stations. And this is, this is kick off to the NFL season. So if you're a sports fan, whoo dog, this is as big as it gets. And it's a heck of a game. But boy, we've gotten a ton of of Tampa Bay money, especially as the public has stepped in. AJ Hoffman joins Jonas Knox in LA. Jonas, I got to tell you something. I mean, you <laughs> have to hear what AJ did to Fezzik last night. So we, oh, we, no. we did the podcast. I'm not going to start the show with it. But Thank you. The, the first minute, there's a little <laughs> bit of a lull, it, it, which I don't even expect. But I promise you, he has a new nickname he will never shake because of what he did. And Fezzik is on a rampage. It's, when, it's really when AJ became a man, at least a Vegas wise guy. By the way, sports betters listen for the mighty sports fans and know more than their buddies, Jonas Knox. Yeah, no, that's that hurts because I have a soft spot in my heart for Steve Fezzik. You know that, RJ. Well, you so, know he'll uh, get his revenge. You <laughs> know course. that. Yeah, he's always good for that. And on a day <laughs> in which, uh, RJ, we've got some bad news in the AFC North for the Baltimore Ravens at the running back position. We've also got some good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that same division with their star defender getting a big-time contract. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? You know, all that seemed just and right with the world as a Steelers fan. Not that I'm hoping for injuries, but you know what I'm saying. But I think there's a game tonight. I can't remember who's playing. Let's get to that. Yeah, and it's the game tipping or kicking off rather at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. It is the Cowboys and the Bucks. Game one of the NFL season. The season finally back. It's on Fox. And right now on pregame.com, it's Tampa Bay, a nine-point favorite. So we're going to start out talking about what's happened up to this point. Then we're going to talk about, as fans, what are you looking for? What, what, what's, the, what's the key to tonight as in, you know, what does it mean? Is the Tampa Bay is going to be, you know, as competitive as we think? Is it going to be Dak's health? And we'll go roundtable on that. And then as we progress through the show, we'll talk about handicapping the game and probably have 
I think multiple picks on it because there's props and different things that we all like. But let's start with what's happened. This game opened up at six and a half. Tampa Bay at home favored by six and a half. It's gone up to nine. And it has been a pretty aggressive move since the public has gotten involved. Now, when does the public get involved in a game? It's when it's the next game. It's as simple as that. Sunday night football, where do they get involved in once that game kicks? Monday night football. Monday night football is over, where do they get involved in? Well, if it was Mac on Tuesday and they bet college, it's at. But if it's just NFL, they start looking at the Thursday game. So it's not so much is it today or not, because I'll tell you right now, the 4 o'clock games for Eastern on Sunday don't get hardly any action until those ones kick. I mean, it seems crazy, but a lot of bettors are betting out of their pocket. What does that mean? Okay, they've got 100 bucks. They like three games at one. Okay, I'm going to bet 33 a game. Okay, I got a dollar left for an a, a ice slushy maybe. But now I've got to win one of those three bets to have any money to bet the four o'clocks. And isn't it a coincidence the NFL has moved more and more games to the 425? Because oftentimes the 1 o'clock's worn over when the 405 start. Now, that's because of TV, too, obviously, and probably more importantly. But Vegas loves that because a lot of people bet out of their pocket. And until that first game's over, they can't even bet the next games. All right? Now, that's not everyone. It's some people. And thus, when did the Tampa batters Start or the betters in this game, they've been betting all along generally, but the public gets involved when it's the next game. And since it's been the next game, it's been all Tampa money. And maybe let's go around the horn on that one, starting with AJ. And here's the question why? We got Dakota Prescott, as I call him, beloved by many. You look at the season or the over under for this, 296 and a half. You times 17 on that, it's over 5,000 yards. If I'm not mistaken, and I know it's one more game now, but if I'm not mistaken, there's been, what, like six or seven people it's ever thrown for 5,000 yards? It's a small group. And the idea that Dak's going to do that, boy, that's a lot of optimism, not to mention against Tampa Bay with uncertainty with his health, that's going to be a lower number. What's the number going to be against a bad defense? So a lot of love for Dak. Why... AJ, do you think Tampa's getting bet so much? Well, I mean, I think we've talked about it kind of all season. This is a team that brings back everybody from their championship team. They've lost literally nothing. There's every reason for optimism that they can do. People are talking about them having an unbeaten season. Like, that's the goal for this team. is isn't just to win the Super Bowl again. It's to have a perfect season. Well, so there's cl- clearly just a massive amount of optimism with this team. And the Cowboys, are, again, we, we mentioned the rare situation. The Cowboys are not the public team here. They're not the, the darling side of the public. So here's what and, – and usually I, I think darling – I'm not sure I love that phrase because I think in general team people bet teams that and maybe you're right. I, I never thought of it as darling, but it's teams that they have a, a default liking for where they might not have the Cowboys as their favorite team, but they like them. Right. And and that's they, they tend to get bet a lot. The Yankees, the Lakers in each league, there's going to be a handful of those teams. Uh, and maybe darling is the right word for it. And, and Dallas is uh, one of them in the NFL for sure, if not the one. But, boy, you just explained why Tampa has gotten so much money, even though it's a public darling in Dallas. But 
how is Kansas City favored to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> it's going to be something I just keep talking about because I don't understand it. Right now, Kansas City 5-1, to one, Tampa 6-1, to one, no one else until the Bills at 11-1. to one. Jonas, what do you think? I think it's easy. I, th- I think that's that's really it, – it seems like it's the easy pick. If you go Tampa Bay, if you go Kansas City, you look at those two teams and you just go, oh, well, it just makes sense. I mean, you know, Kansas City upgraded their offensive line. They've got Patrick Mahomes. Tampa Bay didn't lose anybody, as A.J. pointed out. But I just keep going back to the thought of, well, how often do teams in the NFL actually repeat or do teams lose in the Super Bowl and get back to that same exact spot? So I, I think this is easy. It's a lot of love early on because it's the last game we remember seeing between uh, Tampa Bay and how good they looked. And I think that's playing into this line. So what you're saying is easy. Would another word for that be obvious? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's probably a better word. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what I'm trying to – yeah, so I think you're right, right? And, and you know what? It was obvious that Michael Jordan was a hell of a basketball player. You know what? That was correct. So obvious isn't always wrong, but obvious is always expensive. It's always popular. And Tampa Bay's gotten mighty expensive. And it might be worth taking a minute and saying is if you think there's a public team, and, and in general you can figure – Who's the public team in a game? Well, sit at the Las Vegas airport and count the jerseys. They think just metaphorically in your mind, think, okay, I'm at the air. How many Jags jerseys am I going to see? Not many, right? How many Denver Broncos? Well, meh. How many Cowboys jerseys? A lot. And I'm talking about on a typical, you know, on a March day, you know, middle of the day, not any game or anything. So. Tampa Bay right now? Is there the jerseys? Maybe not, but there's the love and the interest and the optimism, the obvious optimism, which I think is warranted in many ways. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. I tell you this, A.J., you had a real, and we're going to get soon. I can't get past, maybe I'll get to the end of this break, but it will start the second (laughs) segment. But by the way, his nickname, I'll tell you before we even tell the story, Jones, he's the Rattler. The rattler, like the rattlesnake, <laughs> the rattler, and and yes, it's perfect. The Texas rattler. All right, now <laughs> is you identified some strange line movement, and you understand why? In forty seconds, explain it to the listeners. A lot of these games are going from seven and a half directly to nine. They're not stopping at eight, not stopping at eight and a half. And the reason why, those the eight, eight and a half are the best numbers for t- advantage teasers. So if people wanted to you, buy down six points, eight, eight and a half, those are the best numbers to do it from. Nine is is not great because it doesn't get you through the seven and the three, gets you to the three. So we're seeing now the two two games, the the Niners game uh, against the Lions and the Rams game against the Bears. The number jumped from seven and a half directly to nine to avoid those teaser plays. Okay, and with Dallas, it wasn't a direct. Uh, well, with Tampa, it wasn't a direct jump, but. It felt like to me, and Mackenzie, you could tell me what you saw. It felt like to me the the resistance through eight, eight and a half, or through eight and a half, and not, uh, I guess maybe let's say through eight and a half, because it, it was eight for a while. It got to nine. It felt like there wasn't much resistance at eight and a half. Is that what you saw, Mackenzie? Exactly. I mean, it stood at seven forever. It stood at seven and a half for a while. Eight, eight and a half. Those ticks were. 12 hours, you know, within a couple of days, it went from seven and a half to nine. And maybe even more importantly, two of those games were never eight and a half at the same time. The Cow- the Cowboys game went to nine. 
and then both those other games jumped from seven and a half to nine. So you never had an opportunity to play both of them at the same time. Now, listen, that might be the sharpest thing I ever heard you say. I mean, we got to start the show. So <laughs> what is a teaser, right? A teaser is a two-team bet, and you're getting six points. And they're very popular. So we won't belabor the point, but they're very popular, and especially amongst the casual batter because every game looks good when, you know, they, they get six points, but you got to win two of them. But you can't – at some places that you have an open teaser, not many, where you can bet the first leg and then keep the second leg open, which wouldn't apply to what Jonas said. But when you got to bet them both at once, well, yeah, maybe at one point the line was eight and a half in this game and at another point it was eight and a half in another game. But if they weren't at the same time, you couldn't bet them that advantage teaser in two different spots for you know for a teaser you know two games for a teaser now quickly i'm going to in 30 seconds i'm going to explain why it's an advantage right well what you're effectively doing in a teaser is buying points and what do you want to buy the most expensive points you can the most valuable points maybe is the best way to say it. you can't well three and seven are the most valuable numbers so if you have six points when do you go through three and seven? Well, you go through at seven and a half, you go through at eight and eight and a half, because that's all going to bring you through seven and down past three. And that's why it, they, they aren't willing to do this when it's seven and a half, because they're not going to bring it to nine. But when it gets up to eight, eight and a half, they're figuring, yeah, we're probably juicing this a little much with the values on the underdog, but that little bit of a negative to us is worth it because we've just made the teaser so much less attractive is what the bookies are thinking. So they're balancing two things. Are we putting the right number up for the side and are we protecting ourselves with the teasers? Now what the dastardly books will do, the tough guys, <laughs> they'll throw it up at nine, but make it where they move the VIG. So now it's going to be like 9 plus 105. So now they got the best of both worlds. You can't take advantage because they adjusted for going over uh, up too quickly to 9, but then they still screw you on the teasers, and that's why they're cockroaches. Let's take our first break. That's about the much teasers you're going to hear all year, but it was very fascinating today in this game specifically and other games this weekend. When we come back, well, we're going to start with why AJ's the Rattler, and we're going to continue and talk about Dak Prescott and his prospects this game and this season. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at game one of the NFL season kicking off tonight. Yeah, and we're going to be talking Dak Prescott, but I can't wait anymore, Jonas. So I'm going to paint you the picture of why the Texas <laughs> Rattler, A.J. Hoffman. All right, so it was Fezzik, me, and A.J. on our NFL pod. And, it's you know, we go into the games. We got our best bets. And it's really good. And we've done it where we pick our super contest. You know, we enter the $5,000 super contest, the gold, they call it. And it's been there for three years. We've done it for three years. And we are second of anyone in the world over those three years when it comes to the record. Second best record. So we've been doing really well, like 57% on average, which is hard to do. We, you know, some luck in there for sure. 
So what we do, though, is have the green button, which is, and we have it on this show too, but on the pod, it's a $300 bet. So if anyone says any pick, you can bet against it by just pressing the green button. You hear the cha-ching, and it's 300 bucks automatically. Okay. AJ has been so timid. It was like the green button was made. It was radioactive. He had nothing to do with it. First, you know, for a while now, he's scared almost. Well, Fezzik had his least favorite pick. We forced everyone to make five picks, and they're weighted, five, four, three, two, one. So he's on his one weight. That's the worst pick, right? AJ hasn't pressed the green button yet. And he has the Cleveland Browns, Fezzik. Then McKenzie pulls out this, the trend of how great Kansas City's been under Reed in September. Like, just an amazing number. So Fezzik's looking at it, and he goes... You know something? I didn't even know this. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna bet the Browns. And then, like a rat rattlesnake, <laughs> AJ goes over, grabs the green button, and hits it in one motion. It was like one motion, <laughs> and he was also flexing at the same. It was a weird thing. He was like flexing and hitting, and the rattler went and grabbed it, hit it, and bet Fezzik. Fezzik's face dropped, <laughs> like he was he was making it a non-bet, and before he could, the rattler attacked him. <laughs> And I got to tell you something. He, the look in Fezzik's eyes was like, I'm going to make you pay 10 times for that. <laughs> AJ, any comments? Or, I, I'm sorry, I, the Rattler. I didn't mean to destroy Fez like that. It wasn't the intent. But I had already known the Mahomes September stats. And then when I saw the Reed stats pop up, I said, oh, I got to get this. It just happened to be when Fez was trying to back out of it. And it just it, by coincidence. It was almost, his number. It, it was you almost two dislocated. You almost dislocated your elbow. <laughs> yes, as you were hitting the green button. I, I my elbow actually is sore today. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we spent 20 minutes talking about Fez's revenge, though, because <laughs> and the funny thing, Jonas, to wrap it up, the funny thing is that the ROI, return on investment, even if you want to give AJ like a huge edge here. It's going to be like thirty dollars, right? So it's a three hundred dollars bet. Let's say it's ten percent. So for thirty bucks, he has Faz gunning for him now. <laughs> so really, it wasn't even a victory. But rattlesnakes are not always smart; they just attack. And you know, Fez never forgets when he's been screwed over or if somebody costs him a bet. So this will live with him for the rest of his life. Well, you know what's funny? We were asking him how much he would pay for the Cincinnati Bengals to win a Super Bowl because that that was his team growing up. He said two dollars. <laughs> so he's and we go, what's wrong with you? He said, they've all lost me so much money. I hate them all now. Like He's gotten really sour. But now imagine what he's done. He was embarrassed by the Rattler. I mean, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. Mackenzie, do we have do we have tape of Fez um, where he was th- threatening uh, the Rattler or, do, or don't we? <laughs> Fez actually asked me to delete the tapes, but I didn't. We, we do have copy. We do have that. But is it ready to play right now? No, sorry. Okay. You know what we'll do, AJ? It's not safe for air also. It can't be tomorrow, <laughs> but like next Tuesday when we have a little breath to take, we'll play the revenge. In fact, we'll get Fez in to kind of like <laughs> proclaim revenge. It, it was very, very, very intense, but I loved it, and I had to share it with everyone. Uh, by the way, I'll make this one short. In Vegas on the Strip, 106 degrees. 
and RJ as we get back into the NFL in week one and it kicking off later on tonight. I do want to let you know we are brought to you by AutoZone. Dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. We are now a little under two hours away from kickoff between the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Fox. And the line is staying the same as when we opened, RJ. It is Tampa Bay a nine-point favorite on pregame.com. Okay, so let's go around the horn. We'll start with AJ, and the question is this. As a fan, not a batter, and we are actually going to have in the last segment, Jonas, a best bet from Fez he taped last night in this game. He's, he's got a prop for us. Nice. Um, so, I mean, that was before a, the Rattler struck, but, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, we still got it. AJ, what do you see as a non-batter as the biggest, let's say, NFL landscape story coming out of this game? How close is week one Dak Prescott to pre-injury Dak Prescott? I think that's the fascinating thing. And if he's anywhere close to what he was before the injury, the, all the money that's coming in on Tampa is going to be very scared very early in this game. So you're saying if you knew for sure that Dak was healthy – which entering the season, that was the assumption, meaning, you know, back July 25th, I don't know if it was a good assumption because it's like when you have a major injury like that, you never know. But you would have said, look out Tampa Bay? At nine, certainly. Oh, uh, at nine, but okay. But oh, I guess you told me not as a better. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's no, no, it's not even about that. It's just if you're getting nine, it's hard for Tampa batters to say, like, we're in trouble here. Like, what, if they're only up four? Um, so I, I guess what you're saying is, uh, the, if you knew Dak was healthy, what would this line be? What would you make the line? Six. All right. And if you knew, and so this line in your mind speaks strongly that Dak is either less than 100% physically now, or at minimum, he is being hurt or being hindered with the rust that comes from having not only this injury, but the big leg injury, and to not get as much practice time even close or any game experience or uh, reps is a big negative. So, yes, and I, it speaks a lot to the uncertainty of where on the scale is he. Because if we knew for sure it was just rust, it wouldn't be nine. This nine is assuming there's some chance that Dak's arm is not 100%. Because I don't see any other way it would be nine right now. And you might say, well, the public's betting it. But the pros will bet that back if they think there's value. There doesn't look to be a lot of buyback. Now, what we might see is right before kickoff, you know, gets up to nine and a half, and then, boom, you see some buyback. But in betting, there's resistance points. So when the favorites get in bet, the question is, when do the pros step in and create some a stopper or some resistance and what we have not seen yet is Dallas money from the Sharps resisting the public's pushing it upwards. We are straight out of Vegas. Same question to you, Jonas. What do you see as the big story NFL landscape-wise coming tonight? Dak Prescott, and I want to see all these reports that came out to where they said precautionary MRI and don't worry about it. He's you know throwing the ball 20 yards downfield, nothing to worry about here. I think we're going to get a lot of the answers as to whether or not those were legit reports or that was the Cowboys trying to dumb down their concern for Dak Prescott in week one. I, I want to see how this plays out, and I think that Tampa Bay is going to give them no choice but to do that because two years running, they've had the best rush defense in the NFL. Dak's going to have 
have to throw the football, and I think we're going to learn it pretty early on. Yeah, and if the spread is close to being right, you're going to have Dallas behind, and inevitably when you're behind, you've got to throw more. So part of that over-under of Dak for passing yards, uh, 296.5, 296.5, that's built upon the assumption that the Cowboys are throwing a lot, if it, partially because of the great Tampa Bay rush D, partially because statistically likely to be behind, but still a lot of optimism to be almost 300 yards against a really good defense. And I know they're going to pass, but still, this is, at least in the prop market, AJ, there's not any real sense of, I mean, this thing wouldn't be 315 if he wasn't hurt. No. So, I mean, this feels like the prop market's ignoring the potential of injury. I agree with that. And the, the number on Brady, 306 and a half. And, I mean, I think Ooh, that's both high. Were, it is high. But if both were healthy, at least what we saw last year pre-injury, Dak's number probably should be higher because that's more of a well, pass. Well, remember what defense are going against too, though, right? That's true. I mean, and, and Dallas is change, you know, changing coordinators to Quinn, changing schemes, going with that Seattle scheme. Now, supposedly it's a hybrid, but come on. The guy, the guy half invented the Seattle scheme when he was D.C. of Seattle when they became prevalent. And people started to copy it because they were winning Super Bowls or 1-1. So I think it's outdated. I think McCarthy made another mistake at D.C. It's always nice to have a, a head coach in the building because he, he understands things that a non-head coach doesn't. But, boy, one that has an outdated defense, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm skeptical of the Cowboys and what we know for sure. And this is something we'll take with us all through the weekend is whenever there's change – change usually is negative early it then finally becomes neutral and then hopefully it becomes positive so Dallas is hoping by week four that their defense is better than it was last year because it's kind of hard with the same players pretty much to do better when yeah maybe the scheme is better I'm not sure it is but it's certainly not as well understood in game one as it was at the end of last year and thus it doesn't matter if it's a new head coach. You can hire Bill Be- – well, maybe Belichick. But you hire a new head coach, even like Atlanta. By most accounts, Atlanta upgraded at head coach. But I'm not looking – and most pros will not be optimistic about Atlanta in game one because it's kind of tough with a new head coach. But as the games progress, two, three, four, it starts to be easier. And, Jonas, you hear this all the time. When the season's over – and the team started slow, it'll be like, you know that offense, you know, I thought we had it, but come game six, it just started clicking. You know, you hear that all the time, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I would say offenses, especially with how elaborate they are, it takes a long time for them to to learn, and you usually see defenses with a significant advantage early on because it's it's not as difficult. It's it's not as, as elaborate as what you see from the offensive side of the ball, but once teams start to figure it out, and then I also wonder, especially with, you know, new systems or new pieces you know if you do have early success there's an adjustment for the defense you know how many quarterbacks had success last year we're going to see a different look now whether it's Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or some of these other guys so yeah I I do think there's adjustments that are made uh, but offensively you're usually not as not as with it together as a defense is early on in the season so Jonas makes a great point is when a quarterback, especially, emerges, so they have their year where they step into the spotlight, like they're good, 
is what anyone playing them the next year will do is spend extra time saying, okay, what did the teams do against a Josh Allen that stepped up in year three, and what could we do? And what you'll often see is a non-physically high-tool guy, a guy that's got a limited arm strength. They can have an entire good season, but the next year they get exposed because why? They start looking closer and saying, he can't throw that nine route, so let's do this, let's do that. Now, if the tools are there, it's kind of hard to stop them. Uh, So, you know, Josh Allen's, you know, regression, maybe. I'm probably more of a proponent there's going to likely be, or not likely, but the chance of regression for Allen is greater than zero. A lot of people are acting like, oh, he's emerged and that's who he is. I don't know. I don't think so, but we'll see. But he's got so many tools. Yeah, maybe they can fool him with some different blitz things or whatever or or, uh, uh, coverage, uh, hiding the coverages and such, disguising them. But... He's he can throw make all the throws. Some of these guys can't, and that's what you got to look to also. And with Tua, he didn't even have a good year, but he can't really make all the throws. You got to wonder with an off season, what are the defenses going to do? Especially Belichick, week one. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. We're going to finish up about the Cowboys first, though, and this is going to be next. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ravens injuries, injuries, injuries. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Okay, so Jonas, we're going to look at if there's any odds changes on this. McKenzie has that. Can you give us details on these Ravens injuries? Yeah, so the uh, Baltimore Ravens lost J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill, their running backs, over the past couple of weeks. And then earlier today it was reported that Gus Edwards, the team fears, also suffered a torn ACL. So that's three injuries at the running back position, cluster injuries for Baltimore, meaning they brought up Le'Veon Bell. They've signed him, and they've also signed uh, Devonta Freeman, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, to their practice squad as well, too. So a lot of injuries at the running back position. On top of that, Marcus Peters, their cornerback, also reportedly uh, suffered a knee injury, and the team fears that that is a torn ACL as well, too, earlier today. Let me ask you a question. Anyone that's ever played sports, even at you know a little league level, but you know let's say even high school level, you understand pressure matters. And you could make the case that maybe that's why they're never going to be pros, and with the pros it doesn't, but... All you got to do is look at like extra points when they, like it's to tie the game and and the rate when pressure's on the rate of success goes down yeah. uh, overall league wide uh, free throws you know to tie a game that kind of thing. Do you think that when a team gets this injury bug, is it something that at a certain point where it becomes a con- you know conversation that players start to act differently, meaning they are trying not to get hurt because they feel like, oh, something's sweeping through, and it kind of maybe causes them to get hurt? See, I, I wonder if John Harbaugh made a mistake earlier because and, – and look, I could be wrong on this, but one of the reports that came out was that the guys suffered the injuries, uh, Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters, on back-to-back plays. So on back-to-back plays in practice, and again, I don't know if that's 100%, but that was one of the reports that was out there, they suffered torn ACLs. After the second injury, John Harbaugh stopped practice. If you have that 
drastic of a response to injuries that happen all the time in the NFL. I wonder if you've, by default, put that into the players' heads who haven't been injured, and maybe they're now starting to question whether or not it's safe to go back out there on that practice field. So I thought you were going to say they should have uh, canceled the practice or they should have stopped it after the first injury, but you're saying you think the mistake would have been after the second one, you're saying it's a sign that maybe he's jittery with it. Yeah, that maybe he also has some doubts. And if your coach has got doubts, I just wonder how many players you've, you know, without maybe meaning to, given an out to practicing harder now because they don't know if they can trust that field and they don't know. I mean, you've already had people that have gone on social media saying, well, they need to look at the training staff, something's going on there, as opposed to Man, guys get hurt. It's 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 bad luck. It's a bad break. But it, it I don't think it's an indicator that there's something going on there. And, and here's the question too, though. And I'm not saying it is. And we'll take our break. Is the idea that this is the team that just played harder in the preseason than any team ever, yep. probably, to get their 20th straight victory? Is could you make the case the strain of the intensity of those games is leading to this? I don't think so. If it would have happened at the end of the year, a series of them, I would have said, wow, they put a lot of miles. They, they were high energy early, and maybe it hurt them at the end of the year. I don't think so, but boy, maybe it's almost like the gods saying, you know, you went after Lombardi unfairly. I'm not saying it is, but boy, it is a coincidence, right? The one team that yeah. has done that with all these injuries. Yeah, it's, that's, uh, and, and I think it's a fair thing to bring up because they made it a point that they were going to go chase a record, and, and now here we are before the season. They've, they're down three running backs in yep. a matter of two weeks. All right, last break. When we come back, we got Fezzik on tape with the best bat, and I'm going to give a pick on tonight's game. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we've been talking about the game coming up later on tonight. It is game one of the NFL season. It is the Bucks hosting the Dallas Cowboys, kicking off at 820 Eastern time on Fox. And Steve Fezzik, who's not all that thrilled with A.J. Hoffman <laughs> after a move he pulled. And if you missed that story, check out the podcast after the show. But Steve Fezzik is here with the best bet. Zeke Elliott, I am going under 54 rush yards. If you look at Zeke's year average that the books have put up, they're expecting him to run for 1,100 yards. That's about 65 per game. So what am I doing going under 54 when the bookmakers are aware that this is a tough matchup and they've lowered his number? Well, they haven't lowered it enough. If you look at that Tampa Bay rush defense, it's awesome. Last year, held opponents to the lowest rush yards on average per game, 82. That's about 30% less than NFL average. So if I took that 65 number that we expect on average for Zeke and lopped off 30%, now all of a sudden I'm down around 50. Already, this looks to be a pretty good wager under 54. But wait, there's more. The Dallas O-line is dealing with cluster issues right now, and that should really compromise their ability to run the ball 
That helps her bet as well if Dallas is unable to have successful runs. And further, the way I expect the game to play out, there's an excellent chance that Tampa Bay will have a substantial lead in the second half. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, yeah. after all. If that transpires, I expect very few runs to Zeke in the second half, and that will compromise his ability to rack up yards as well. Add it all up, Zeke Elliott under 54 rush yards. At Steve Fezzik, pregame.com. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. Now, Jonas, a lot of or one big key important concept there, which is there's not just efficiency when you do props. And the props are getting bigger and bigger as sports betting expands. The casual fan loves the idea how many yards is Dak going to throw for or Zeke going to run for. It's a very popular, simple bet. And a lot of people think, okay, Zeke's good, Dak's good. Okay, that's the starting point. How good is the player? Then the next question is, how good is the defense they're playing against? And that combined is going to give you efficiency. How well will they do on a play-per-play basis? But then finally, the last piece is, what's going to be the usage or the game state? And that's where, okay, Tampa Bay is favored by nine. That means they're probably going to be ahead most of the game. What do teams do when they're behind? They throw the ball. They don't run the ball. Thus, the usage that Zeke is expected to have from Fezzik is less than typical. If Dallas were favored in this game, it'd be a whole different thing. So it's back to how good the player is, how good the defense is, and what's the expectation of his usage. Now, I know you're friends with uh, Live Bet Jesus. Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I wonder if you guys got on him because it does feel like a, a kind of a square pick. Feels like kind of an easy one for Fez. To, but but remember, on. no, 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 no. If, if the square side is usually going to be overs. Yes. People, people hate betting unders because there's the old saying, it's not it's not under till it's over. Like you can <laughs> you can always go over. You, I mean, you've seen games. There was one this weekend that they had to score like 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 40 points in overtime or something. I think it was 28 in overtime and it went over by like a point. So, that happens all the time. I'm going to get I'm going to give a quick pick in this game and I'm going to go anti-dak here. I, I know that Fez, and these are probably two bets that it's going to be hard to lose both of them, knock on wood. So Fez has his. I'm going to go with under Dak Prescott, 296 and a half passing yards. And you know why I'm doing this? I believe, Jonas, if Tampa is rolling, they may take Dak out. If, it, if, they get, if they're down 17 with 12 minutes left in the game, do you think they're going to let Dak keep taking hits out there? No way. I see the possibility of Dak going out, and just that possibility makes this probably a pretty good bet. So under 296.5 passing yards for Dak. And if you missed any of today's show, including multiple best bets on tonight's game, go to foxsportsradio.com and search for Straight Out of Vegas. We're back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on FSR. Straight out of Vegas! 